Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and as always, I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend? It, it was great. It was really good. I, I, I had to think back, you know, slept a little bit since then. Um, it was really great. I got to, I went up to Indianapolis and spent the weekend uh, with my girlfriend up in Indianapolis this weekend, and we just had a really good time up there, you know, did the whole... Uh, scooter around things uh ride uh walk the and then do paddle boats on the canal um u- ubered to all the cool places at mass ave nice yeah, good times yeah watch 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 the lion king we'll circle back to that later yeah well sure. at the top of the show i wanted to make a, a special announcement everybody already knows this but this is our 100th episode Woohoo! Congratulations! Burr, burr, burr. Congratulations, Dennis, on 100 episodes. That's a, that's a good number. In, that's that's a lot. In some ways, it feels like we just started doing this, and then in other ways, when I try to remember back to those first couple, very awkward, rough episodes, it it seems like forever ago. <laughs> I, I I actually, when I put it in context of of the things we were talking about that were like happening in the day. I'm like, wow, that was that, fe- that show felt like it was out forever ago. And then that's when we started or that's when we were going things like, for example, early on, uh, stranger things was, was, a was, was that the first, that was the second season, I think. Yeah. It would have been second season right. or, so, um, the, like the first time we had Fox on. Oh, right. Let's see. Yeah. Let me look at, because we had like Fox, I think it was like our, our the third episode. It was third like episode. That. So our our first episode was called the Phantom Podcast. Yeah. Uh, our topics one. topics according to the tags because I was still using tags back then. Cooperative games, Game of Thrones, Gen Con, Legendary, and Pandemic. Remember, we talked a lot about legacy games. In yeah, the, I mean, in the early pandemic, days, holy was, cow! That's that uh, was September fourth, two thousand seventeen. Almost two years ago. Okay, now now it feels actually like it's been longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like seventeen. That wasn't that that long. We're halfway through nineteen. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. No, um, yeah, it, it's been. I mean, we've come come a long way with a lot of different stuff, and it's it's nice to be able to look back and and say, you know, not just like the quality of our audio or our skills with uh, the conversation that we we have, the the idea of of um, you know the neat things we did when we, we had was the way back challenges we would do a lot. It was neat kind of seeing some of the things that we did when we did had a less structured kind of movie thing. Yeah. Uh, we'd, we had we'd our Netflix a, stuff. We'd spend a good chunk of the, the pre-show time trying to decide what our, what our challenge was going back and forth. Uh, yeah. When, when we just, you know, needed a poster. <laughs> <laughs> well, just some, a lot of structure there. after some of those, a truly mediocre Netflix originals that we watched. Uh, yeah, we, we yeah. realized that it's not worth watching just some random show that piques our interest in a second. To, right, um, right, right. And, and and not just that. Like, uh, it's it's nice kind of seeing um, the way that we work together over time and kind of gotten the ability to like, hey, I, I know that if one of us is going to do this one, well, then I kind of want to do that too. So that at least educate myself about it. Like, if you're getting ready to do something with your brothers and, um we'll probably play this, you would say. And then I kind of want to read up about it a little bit. Sure. Just, we just, some, we just work that way. Yeah. There's, there's a, you know, variety of, of your, you know, various times throughout the week where 
you know, I'm thinking about stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, we can talk about that on the podcast. That'll be good. Uh, yeah. Good show material. Yeah. Or have you had that? Uh, it's kind of my instinct now. It's that uh, I don't want to talk too much about it because I need to save that kind of energy for the show. I, I do have that a little bit. To an extent, I, I, I know that I find myself having a lot of conversations about all the stuff that we talk about, games and shows and movies mm -hmm. and all that. I don't know if I do that more since we started doing this because I definitely did it before. That's sure. sort of how this, you know, came about. We, you know, we would have conversations uh, in person about, you know, movies and, and whatever. Probably happens more often now because I'm paying more attention to things and, and seeing more things. I mean, heck, when uh, in the early days, how does that timeline go? You told me about Star Trek Discovery and that was no, after we started the podcast. Like I had never even, I hadn't even heard about it. Um, Man, I can't imagine life without Star Trek Discovery now. Especially that uh, <laughs> that season two. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's been, yeah, the the, the, the neat thing about hundred hundred episodes. Here's to a hundred more. Hundred more. We uh we can go into syndication now, right? Yeah, reruns. Yeah, we get reruns. We can listen to it over and over again. Wait, we could do, do that before, but yeah. So uh, we have um, been able to reach out and to there's different people all over the world that amazing enough will listen to us uh on the show and uh it's kind of been a neat thing for me to to consider that uh you know people listening and uh, you know I, I know i have my podcast people that i never even reach out to or send letters to and like i feel like i'm involved in what they do or l listening to what's happening in their lives every once in a while and and knowing that you know from people from all over around the world are, are knowing about your house project and how that's coming <laughs> along and occasionally hear someone say, you know, um, Oh yeah, he's got that. He's got that thing. Is he ever going to, is he ever going to get that thing finished and move back to Bloomington? Because it seems to be the, the running joke. The running time joke. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. When are, when are you coming? And obviously you're coming back and which is, uh, speaking of which is, is that almost done? Cause we've been a hundred, hundred episodes now. We we're in syndication and you should be uh, almost done. Right. I think we're, I think the end is near where we, you know the 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 finish line is is on the horizon we have a we have a list of final things it's still it's still a lot of things but sure. we're past all of the major projects at least that i know of until my parents are maybe probably going to move in the next year or so but um you know we're past my sister's graduation open house and so dad's really focused on this because it's a project we started together he's not free to pursue anything crazy in his in his own projects until we get this done so so it's yeah. a little more of a priority for him it would be for me if i wasn't distracted about gen con which is a week and a half away <laughs> right and that just blows everything out hey speaking of your parents um to give them a little bit of a shout out uh, i watched the that cool video that i saw that got oh you did see that yeah that was that was pretty great those i don't I don't follow those YouTubers very closely. My parents do. They really like them. And, wait, wait. I, do the setup for the listeners where we got okay, coming okay. in the middle of the um, The longtime listener of the show will know that my parents run a dog uh, puppy breeding selling business. Um, they are just passionate about, uh, they have golden retrievers, most of them English cream, which if you don't know, are white golden retrievers. And, and what's the name of your parents' uh, dog breeding business? 
Um, it's called Indiana Goldens. IndianaGoldens.com? Uh, yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes, though. Okay. And and they uh, have some really nice dogs. Cause I do. Because I saw, they saw that one. They, you know, the, the puppies are adorable and cute, and they grow up to be nice-looking dogs. I, I personally, and obviously my parents do too, believe that the Golden Retriever is the best breed of dog for a family with kids. They're very gentle, friendly, loving dogs. But um, they have this, there's this family that my parents follow. They're YouTubers. I call them YouTubers, but they do Patreon and stuff now too. Um, They're full-time RVers, which means that they and their family live out of an RV all year. You know, at some point they started doing this and eventually sold their home and um, they're very popular. I don't know how many they have probably hundreds of thousands of followers. Um, right. I think because they're, they're friendly and engaging the, the production quality on their videos is incredibly high. Um, and they had a dog who passed away. Um, and they went through this journey of like, should we get another dog? Should we adopt? That's the thing that comes up a lot in this in this conversation of dog mm-hmm. ownership, pet ownership. Um, and they talk about it in the video. They're but they're very friendly, which impressed me because if you're if you're out on the internet, especially YouTube, like people are just nasty, um, right? And they are very positive on that. Episode yeah, they're they're, they're so positive all the time. Um, but I'll post a link and to not, that not video. in a sickening it's, sweet way, in a, in a, like a genuine happy to be living this thing called life yeah way. yeah in a yeah. in a really great way they're um husband and wife they have three kids um i think they have just the one with them now because the other two are in school but um how, how did how did your your parents you said they watched the show how did they reach out to them or did they reach out to your parents or how did that whole situation m- kind of come out mom reached out to them they were they're they're patreon subscribers of theirs now um and have been for a little while but she reached out to them and said you know hey we know you you know this this is a thing we do if you're interested let us know um and you know eventually the conversation went from there i think it took it took some time but uh yeah it's yeah uh, i I will say that the 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 video follows that it's what like a 20 minute video and it, it follows the bit of the journey of them wanting to get this dog. And then your parents are on the way uh, to bring them this yeah. dog <laughs> in, in like several States away. I know where you're at. And I know that they were like, they're in Kentucky. I'm like, okay, they've already traveled like three, yeah, or four they hours. Were the, the, um, the, the RV family were in Tennessee uh, in Nashville. So I think my parents went and stayed with, my sister and brother-in-law while they were in the area, but they went and met them down there. Yeah. And, and so while watching this, it's kind of like one of those, it it almost made it kind of a, it felt like your parents were doing an elite kind of service. You know what I mean? Like most people will, when I know me growing up, we had several different dogs and our dog thing was like, it's in the paper that there's a bunch of puppies in a box. Mm -hmm. Come pick one. And then, or the other one was like, we'll go to the shelter and pick one of these four or five that are there. Um, but in this situation, it was like they spent 
an inordinate amount of time considering their options of what they even wanted to do and the kind of dog. And it was such a large thing. And your parents were a part of that process. It felt like, and they, and they even delivered this pre-made well thought out family member to them. And I was like, wow, that's like the primo service. It's It's not just like a normal. It's it's definitely a premium um, experience or I don't know what word I'm looking for with that, but um, when I think the first time that we sold puppies, when our pet golden retriever had puppies, we went to my grandparents who live in, in near the city and uh, did that kind of thing, put an ad in the paper. I mean, this was 20, 25 years ago. And just over the years, they've learned, you know, what some of the more responsible practices, they, they do all the research, they get the adults checked for various, um, potential genetic issues and which which dogs they should breed with which to get the best you know pups that are going to live the longest and healthiest um mm-hmm. and always trying to make sure that the that the pups find the right people right that the right the the the, the every puppy belongs to the family that that gets them and yeah and that every Every dog is a wanted dog, right? Right. Um, so let's let's do a let's do a little bit. Of, I know this. I, I didn't talk to you about this beforehand, but I I was kind of interested in asking you all these questions after yeah, you, watching. You, this. you sprung this on me a little bit, right? So so, so let's do. I want, I want to do a little bit of maybe a short question of behind the scenes of that episode type thing from the other perspective. So you you know these dogs? Like, do you see them and, and interact with them and? Like, do the dogs have their own little house over there, a little place they stay, or do they there's, occasionally come in the house? There's or? a there's a whole system. Um, there is a building. Because um, I because I will say this this dog seemed like it was like a perfectly adjusted, great, loving in a loving kind of environment dog. It wasn't one of those like any dog that I've again I, I mentioned how I got dogs growing up sure. was s- suffering from some kind of PTSD because dogs mm-hmm. are very emotional creatures. They really are. And yeah. um and this I, dog was so much like this just immediately I, used to loving kind of things. I was like, sure. oh they were clearly this dog clearly comes from a place that's like great. Right. And I didn't know if like you get to interact with those. Do you it's time to play with the dogs and or <laughs> stuff like that. You know what I they, mean? They do some of that. Um, the the puppy selling is all online. So photos are very important. They spend a lot of time, you know, the puppies all get washed and dried. And then, you know, taking photos of them involves playing with them to get them kind of active moving, get them in the right in the right place. And yep. and so, yeah, the puppies are in the house. This this particular pup. Um, that the RV family got was a little bit older. Most most puppies go to homes younger, like right at eight weeks. Yeah. Um, and so he had spent a little more time inside. I think um, one of my sisters trained him, like got him housebroken and stuff for right. them. Um, and so there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of that, but yeah, definitely the the puppies and the and the moms all have a lot of have a lot of human contact yeah say that this so this this dog in particular seemed a very sweet dog and immediately like in the very first scene in the how to greet you like 
went to the kids and just curled up in that kind of like I'm scared moment, mm-hmm. but curled up with the kids. And I was like, and then all the way through the rest of the episode and further on, this dog just seemed like, um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a happy, um, little dog that's come from a happy place and want to be with a happy family. So I was like, oh, that's, that's such a great little experience. And I will say like your family being on that show Mm-hmm. was it was again a different interaction than the 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 smoking lady that I interacted with at the dog <laughs> shelter that was like yeah this kid this dog barks a lot you know what i mean right, they they right. they not just just drove there they met the people it it felt like they had had conversations and finally like oh i finally get to meet you type thing mm-hmm. which did not seem just like a I'm a fan of your YouTube show is more like a, we have, we've talked about this dog right. and about things and I'm like, that's a really cool different experience. And I was used to thinking about dog adoption or getting a dog. So, right. Uh, it's a, I mean, I, I don't, I don't generally, you know, get into this with people, but you know, my parents get on their Facebook people um, saying that kind of stuff. It's not, not to over overburden the metaphor comparing dogs to babies but there's a world of difference between having a child biologically and adopting a child especially if it's if the the child is older right yeah and obviously a it's not at all the same as a dog but there are some similarities if you if you get a dog from a shelter you're almost guaranteed that there are going to be problems i adopted a cat from a shelter and she was sick i had to give her uh, you know, drops in the mouth, which is very difficult to do with a cat for the first yeah. like month that I had her. Like it's yeah. a, it's a challenge to, you know, lay that kind of, that kind of guilt on people. But yeah, mo- mom and dad did, um, they did this as a, as a side business, as a hobby for, for years when my dad was still working. And it's just been in the last three or four years that it's become their main, um, source of income and mm-hmm. i mean it it definitely has its challenges right they do this because i mean it's their main source of income but they do it because they really do love it they really do believe in it and are passionate about it and you can tell and you can tell that and i, and I will say we're not paid for any money from from them no. but i but i will just genuinely say that it's a it's worth looking into that kind of an adoption thing and as opposed to just going randomly. I, I'm also not underselling people to go to the shelter and pick up animals because animals need your love and need your attention, need your care. Absolutely. If you have, if you have the ability to do that and have a, have a home environment um, where you can, you can care for a dog that, that, that maybe has some issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And, uh, and I know that I loved all my dogs that I had, but I, I'm sure they had a lot of issues before I've got a really good friend and she, uh, adopted a dog and it, this dog has, uh, separation anxiety a whole mm, lot. Yeah. It's the sweetest, lovingest dog. When it was terrified of people and would bark, it was a, a part hound. So it had a huge bark, Sure, but it was just this way of like, Hey, I'm here. I'm here. Stay away. But people didn't understand that. I didn't understand it first. And then after, two or three times working with her, she is this like really loving, caring dog, but that is not how it comes off because of what she went through in her life. Yeah. And a lot of people see animals as just a toy or a, an item 
instead yeah. of like a real thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so your 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 parents have a you know an environment where you get a, an animal, a dog who understands the environment that you know a loving environment. They're not mm -hmm. kind of this difficult. I mean the thing. the first the first dog we had the one that that they that we started with when I was still in high school she was a she was a rescue and she had been like kept in a basement for her whole life until we got her i think she was like three years old or whatever and so yeah she was very friendly and affectionate in the way that um all goldens are but she still would you know if we left her outside she'd try to dig because she wanted to get back in the house like she was much more like nervous and needy or need separation anxiety um because of that yeah and uh yeah and it's it's a lot it's a lot to take on to somebody. I mean, and I like that you mentioned them to like kids or whatever. It's not the same. I think that when people say that their dogs are kids, I was like, okay, so can you take <laughs> your baby and leave them at, at home while you go out to the bar oh, for a right, couple of no, Right, right, yeah. It's not the same, but still, it is very much like because they have emotions and understanding that when you're going to get something, it is real important to understand that you are getting a a living emotional intelligent thing and it's a you know. and it's a commitment it's not as you say it's not a commitment on the level of having a child but it is a commitment oh yeah so so to wrap this up uh this individual dog did you did you know it well at all because I, I will say that like i was like oh i love that dog i would hate to have been like your parents to lose this kind of like a very sweet dog and then the, the last question was is that your parents clearly had called it camo and they named it to charlie within the first day mm -hmm. how's that feel if you knew that dog and you're like oh i like that dog and like oh they renamed him um well they name the the pups are like actually i don't know what to compare this to it's sort of like naming your um your devices on your network, right? Like naming your okay. computers and your phone and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they they name the dogs um, usually colors to correspond with. They have different um, collars that are made out of felt. They're like soft collars because you can put a normal buckle collar on a puppy. Mm -hmm. um, so that in the photos, they can tell them apart. They do put microchips in them eventually so that they can scan and see which ones they are oh, so, but so that's the, why camo yeah so he had a he had a collar that was probably camo print it also goes in the the photos in the marketing you're like this one's yeah. mr blue and this one's miss green or whatever kind of oh that makes it see that makes sense that makes sense and I, so i i think almost all of the families do rename the pups when they of course of course i mean that doesn't make it now that makes total sense because like you don't want to you know i mean clearly it, you see the blue collar and it's called mr blue it's not a permanent name right and you should feel free to and happily and easily to rename this dog that's just named after a collar and if you're getting a pup at eight weeks like you're gonna still have to do all of the training and housebreaking and stuff and the the pup is not going to answer to his name at eight weeks yeah right well it's it's a neat it's a neat thing and i know that we've kind of glanced over it here and there when we've talked about your family and what, what they do and stuff but it's neat to you, you should if you're listening you should go check out that video it's a nice again positive kind of thing experience and i really like how i mean your parents should ask to use that as a promotional video for their site to, just because it's it's a fam taking a family from before they have the animal how a family reacts to it what their thoughts on the process is 
when they get an animal from your parents thing and then a little bit afterwards yeah it was a neat little journey for 20 minutes the the host of the video mark explains it really well um and so yeah that was that was really cool and i also knew this is a little maybe behind the scenesy kind of thing they have a um they have a patreon so they do patron only live live streams yeah and um and we watched one of those about a week or two before this video came out and charlie was in it and so they they had the dog for i think almost a couple months before they put that video up so you can see they're kind of it's a little bit like the way that i do klingons and dragons right where we play and then i edit it so that the episode if i'm not slacking off comes out every other week um and but it's edited up enough so that if we don't play for a month and a half i can still keep the episodes coming out steady right yeah uh, it was it was a weird thing at the beginning of that uh, episode where they're they're talking about charlie she's going in there we have to do a lot of waiting i'm like wait is this their old dog their new dog what's happening here Mm because it's like they had that dog for a while and then they started in the episode so it was just weird how that presented. They're like, oh, it's all the same dog, but this is how they got they him. Do, okay. They, in the beginning of the video, I, th- I think they do show some f- video footage of their of their previous dog. Um, so there are scenes where they're they're carrying her or pulling her in a wagon because that's what happens oh, when you have an old. Yeah, and she said that she carried a dog through New York. Which, by the way, I want to say last note on this was that 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 mom uh, carried camo or charlie whatever the dog is like carried him around all the time and 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 the dad was always like you can't get used to this charlie you can't use this but like the mom was immediately like well he can't get over the steps i'm just gonna like naturally pick this dog and carry it around and she just walked around with the dog all the time i thought like that's because she really just liked holding the dog it was okay dad you know yeah yeah. (laughs) which was great Uh, so anyway cool thing that it's cool that we're gonna you should you know, link them in their, their site on there. It's worth it. If you, if you have the capability to not just have to go to a shelter to pick up a dog, if you could mm-hmm. take the time and, and really care about a, a family member, then, uh, you know, this kind of, uh, the golden retriever, this, their business is a good people to go to. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, Hey, let's, I'd like to shift the gears a bit of it. Speaking of animals and uh, we've got a little bit to talk about here with this Lion King thing happening. I mean, yep. we've got, we, I, I know that not only did we, Watch it for our 2020 challenge, which we're going to intro here in a second. But we, you and I both watched the new movie, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So let's, let's jump into the 2020 challenge and uh, talk about not dogs, but lions. Lions. Okay. Our 2020 challenge this week was the 1994 Disney animated classic. And I say, I, I will use the word classic, The Lion King. I think that's fair. It's, I mean, it's pretty... Tw- 20, 20 years old is what you call classic. Yeah. That's when you can start using that word. And it's and it's really the peak of this, like, I mean, this is, what, a year? Like, next year, 1995, is when Toy Story came out. And when that happened, Disney drastically changed their animation style. Not, you know, I, I don't know how closely those two events are linked, but there's a whole era of animated films after this that are like hercules emperor's new groove even mulan i think to an extent the animation style really changed i Um, think it's it's, i think it's when they started they stopped using as many hand yeah 
thing. They started using a lot more computers. They started integrating computers slowly into it. And after the Lion King, and I don't know, I remember that Aladdin got a lot of uh, media that the fact that they used computers at all. There's this scene mm-hmm. when he goes into to retrieve the lamp and then he's on the um, the carpet flying out and, they, and they're like, that's all computer, which it wasn't. The background was all computer. Like right. when he's flying through the lava tubes, and it stuff. was it was hybrid. It's like when they did um, uh, Hundred One Dalmatians, mm-hmm. and you can see where the backgrounds are static, and they have the stuff in the foreground moving. It's kind of this this hybrid thing. But yeah, there yes. were things yes. like um, the 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 character design and the style of um, Scar reminded me a lot of. The old Jungle Book, um, Jungle Book, and what am I thinking of? Robin Hood style, particularly in like the snake, the the way oh, the heads sure. move and the way they talk. It's just just a sort of iconic Disney, at least I what I think of as the iconic Disney look. Right, and and they were and they were in this time period doing a lot of transitioning over to what post Lion King it would be much more involved. I think, I think uh, every movie when, when I say big movie back then, I'm talking about the little mermaid Beauty and the beast, Aladdin and the lion King we're, we're, we're just experimenting with this kind of technology. And after that, they kind of jumped into it fully um, as much as they kind of could. And that's when toy story kind of comes out um, and mm. you really, really embrace it again. I know that's Pixar, but same kind of thing. Sure. Um, so this one the computer uh, risk they took was in the um, uh, what's it called the the stampede scene. That's computer generated. When the okay. stampede comes through the gorge. Mm-hmm. Those are all individual computer generated wildebeests that come through there. And that was their big. When you'll see the special edition stuff, they they talk about like that's their that's that was like a big thing for them that they you know, animated all these things through the computer graphics to, to, to do it, which you don't really notice it. I did not no. recognize that it was. So they came to a point after Lion King that like, yeah, this is an acceptable thing that you cannot distinguish and we're going to go forward with it. So, uh, so what do you think? I, recapping this a little bit, Lion King is one of the most well-known Disney movies of all time. Uh, did you see, did you, catch anything different was there something that was struck you as new or well i've i've probably not seen this in at least 10 or 15 years um so let's see a lot of animal puns which i knew were there but i (laughs) caught even more of them okay um zazu does his morning report and uh, hey can, can i can i can i pause you on that real quick i was stunned because what i watched and i didn't realize i was watching it was the special edition of the lion king and zazu's okay. morning report has um a musical number that i had never seen before in what? it what uh, yes go watch it dennis let me tell you uh, a little story about this thing called the special edition um so they really released the special edition and um I'm I'm watching this movie. I I bet you I could quote the whole movie line by line. I've seen it so many times. Right, sure. And and uh all of a sudden Zazu breaks out when he's giving the morning report, he breaks out into song and Mufasa and Simba are singing with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this 
this, I don't even know what this is. And I stopped and I rewinded and started again. And then I went straight to Google and started figuring it out. So they, they add, they went back on the re-release for the special edition and added this extra musical number into it for the re-release, the special edition. Um, and they had the original actors, Jonathan Taylor Thomas and uh, James Earl Jones and the, the guy right. who did Zazu, come back and do this part. And I'm like, whoa, like it, this is not, this is so different for me to watch a new thing into a movie I know every word of. That That is, that is strange. Um, go, go watch it. Go watch it. I mean, seriously, after the, sit down and it's like, just fast forward <laughs> to that scene and you'll be like, whoa, this is not right. It feels um, weird. So I noticed that, um, I noticed that this movie is rated G and I don't know when they added the distinction of PG 13. I feel like it would have been before 1994, but I don't know that off the top of my head. And I also forgot to look it up before we started. But are you saying it should be PG 13? It should be PG. Why? Why so? What, what is it? Because of the death? Well, I mean... Or the scariness of it, I guess? But. The new one is PG, but aside from... That's also photorealistic, so maybe that's not <laughs> a fair comparison. But, yeah, I mean, the dad dies, and Simba goes down there, and it is, like, trying There's to... There's a dead, dead trying body Trying to shake there. his corpse. Like, that's heavy for rated G. It's almost pretty nothing, heavy. Almost nothing is rated G anymore, but... Which is funny, because G means general audiences. Right. It's, it doesn't mean kid only. Right. I actually I actually think there should be a rating before that, like K for kids. Sure, and like right. separate general audiences from kids. Like, is this a is this a Phineas and Ferb kind of thing, or is this a I don't even yeah. know something that nobody but a but a child would appreciate? Some, some exactly. Uh, yeah, there needs to be more than just we've just came to a different thing. But anyway, so so this is a this was a G when it came out. Yep. By the way, most Disney movies were going for G. Mm-hmm. They weren't. I mean, if it would be PG, that would have been big news. Well, another example: they don't. They can't. They don't say the word "farted." Right in the right in the we're gonna, Matata, You're uh, jumping a little ahead because we're going to talk about that choir right, sequence in the, in but, the future. Right? Um, so I noticed those two things: uh, um, a lot of animal puns for one, uh, G rating for another. Um, Thanks to all of our talking about movies, and especially in the last couple of years, Oscars stuff and um, quote-unquote political things like Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel, and Black Panther, um, I noticed that there are a lot of English actors doing these voices. Oh, I, you know what? Now that you say that, you're right. Except for Jonathan Taylor Thomas in... Mufasa. Right, right. Um, and while both of the voice actors doing Mufasa and uh, Sarabi? Sarabi, mm-hmm. um, Are both African-American. Uh, Matthew Broderick and Jonathan Taylor Thomas are both white. Mm-hmm. Um, the voice of young Nala is an African-American. The voice of adult Nala is white which I thought was funny. But of course, in 1994, nobody was, I mean, I'm sure that somebody cared, but the majority of people wouldn't have even noticed. I know that I didn't. Right. Obviously, I was a kid, but right. uh, I noticed that but, now, of course, from but, a 2018 right. perspective. Well, not just not just now. It's like also, I know it's hard for us to not talk about the the, mo- the, the new movie, but 
um, it that seems to take it uh, goes to lengths to make sure that the casting is is accurate to right uh, an African kind of type thing. So they have a lot of African American like cast there's, members. There's still thing. an English. Um, what's his name? Uh, John Zazu. Uh, Zazu is John Oliver, mm-hmm. um, who's English, but of course he's a he's a major domo, major dodo, butler right. character. Like, of course he's English. Um, sure. <laughs> like. Yeah, that that is what makes sense. So I noticed that. Um, what else? I, I noticed. Oh, wait, we're, not, we're still talking about the original one still. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this movie, watching it for the eight billionth time. And you know what? I'd like to say it was because of my kids, but I can't say that I did watch it just because of my kids. I think it was just always on here and there. I can't. I think I watched it a lot before then. Not necessarily because it was. I watched it just because it was on and I can't think of why, but I, mean, I, I could, this is a quotable movie, like crazy. It's a, it's a quotable movie. Um, like everything, you know, pinned you, pinned you again. Pinned you. you know what I mean? Right. And, and they're all very much everything that Timon and Pumbaa says, even, you know, the great big balls of burning gas stuck up mm-hmm, there in the sky, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and, and the thing that's really, Really important to know when we talk about our next topic, which will be the you know the, the current Lion King the, one, the remake, um, right? Be- because you just know this movie so well, and when watching it this time, it felt like a very home thing. And I watched it all the way through in one sitting. I didn't pause it or anything. I just kept watching <laughs> it all the way through as if it was an, like it was like comfort food. Yeah, at, at Thanksgiving, it was like I, I know this. Here's, you know, I know what's going to happen. Here's what this movie has and what this movie does. Um, so I recognize that this story, this early nineties story has this like sort of heavy handed message of like harmony and mm-hmm. the circle know, of life. sort of hippie togetherness kind of thing. Like, um, what Nature, else? Nature. We're all involved what together. Else it's this, important. Does this remind me of like, a I mean, lot he of- says we have our place, right? Right, we have our place. It's a you know not as heavy handed as a movie like Fern Gully, but it's up <laughs> there call. with like um, like Good Pocahontas call and a lot of those other like there was a lot of this in the nineties. Yeah, right. Um, and bravo to people in the nineties for being environmentally forward. Right, right, right. And and of course, I recognize the ridiculousness of the like grafting of a monarchy onto wild animals and the idea that all of these prey animals are going to gather around to bow to the lion up on a rock. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Every but, time I watch it, even when I was a kid, I'm like, but what is happening? The zebra is bowing to the right. lion. Underst- <laughs> understanding all of those things. I see them do that. I hear that music that, that baboon lifts that baby lion cub up <laughs> and the, and the lion, the, the animals all like, stamp and and rear back yep, and roar yep. and the music's playing and i I'm, I'm getting chills now just talking about it yeah you still like, got it right it doesn't matter how dumb the premise is it looks and feels amazing like yes. the music is great the visuals are great right um i mean both of those elton john songs i think were big radio hits oh yeah um, i yeah i sang them at karaoke one night i remember <laughs> Yeah, the, the 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 thing about that that movie was, I keep saying quotable, but 
and I don't know what makes it quotable. I, I feel like I'm gushing about this movie when, when honestly, when it came out, I was definitely more of a, uh, the beauty and the beast is better. And little sure. mermaid was better. Um, and lion King is just the end of this thing, but really I can't say it. If all those movies, there's one movie that I, that I can remember every scene, every beat, just how it happens more than that movie. Um, and, and as I watch it, yeah, that's exactly right. And in a good way, in a positive, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that the movie itself watching at this time, I, I could appreciate from a, uh, I don't know, cinema critic or cinema reviewer mm-hmm. these days is the, is the idea that um, it pacing is so spot on. Like it moves through its phases of the show and blocking in a way that is feels quick but important like the beginning when he's a child is important and quick. And then you move on to a death that's significant and big. And then you move on to his second phase of life. And in one early montage, he's a young adult all of a sudden. Right. And then again, you launch into another montage where there's a love interest. And then you launch right from that into going back to home. And this is a hour and a half, two hour movie that feels like it's just you're moving and you're always it's, going and it's paced I mean, well. You, and, you saw the extended edition, but the basic, like original edition we saw, hour mm-hmm. twenty eight minutes, eighty eight minutes long. Um, you know, and, I, I would not have said that. I, and I thought you it, think about well, the version you saw was longer, so that's part. Well, of it. Well, not not much, but it still didn't feel long at all. But it didn't feel short either. No, it wasn't like you know I watched one episode of Stranger Things. Like it felt like a whole movie. Um, but yeah, nor did it feel rushed. It didn't feel rushed. I think maybe we had, you know, we Hollywood had gotten to a point maybe already by the mid nineties where at least for Disney had figured out like how to fill a movie with story, like how to fill that time with story compared Mm -hmm. to some older stuff like, um, Mary Poppins or mm-hmm. um, what else? There were a lot of those, especially musicals where it just, it felt like a lot of filler. And there are, yeah, there right. are songs in this movie. Probably the only one that you could really say, I don't know. Um, just can't wait to be King. And can you feel mm-hmm. the love tonight? Are, yep. are a little bit like, Okay, you're padding for time a little bit, but really just can't wait to be king is the worst of those. Like, can you feel the love tonight? It's not that long, and the song is great. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, this, okay, so it's this so, awkward so I'll, thing where the, the movie's rated G, but this is clearly like you know, love and right. love, uh, you know, lion kind I, of thing. I, 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 will say, I will say this I'll give my, my ex wife the credit here. Um, she said something that really made took me a step back and made me think of oh, though that era of Disney movies differently. Okay. Um, is that every movie in that time had a sequence, and it was almost always a musical sequence where they ch- dra- drastically changed the art style. And it's like they 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 said, "Here's your guest director and guest artist," and mm. we're gonna put put that in there. And like, and I went back and I thought, "Oh my god, everyone has that." And in Lion King, it's this one. It's just can't wait to be king. It yep. changes everything. the The colors change, the art changes, and you're like in a whole different thing. It goes Hercules abstract. had that kind of stuff. It's yes. like um, it's like the old Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals would have like a ballet dream sequence or something yeah. in it. It's like something that's just 
crazy out of left field. I didn't think about that before, but that's... Uh, yeah. I mean, go back and, and all of a sudden kind of glance through the different movies that Disney had. What is like, oh, it? There, there's that one. In, in uh, Little Mermaid, it's the... Um, under the um, sea, Sebastian. Under the sea, right? Sebastian. Okay. Under the sea. Is it? Um, is it? Be our guest in Beauty and the Beast. Yes, it's be our guest in Beauty and the Beast. Absolutely. When the and, when the story and, just goes total abstract. Yep. And um, all of a sudden, you're seeing like colors, and it's like a psychedelic type thing. Okay. They in just, Aladdin, is it? Uh, the Prince Ali song. Prince Ali. Okay. Yep. Ali Ababa. Uh, so you just every one of those shows has a, like a guest artist sequence, and and my my ex wife used to say those are the, that's the only thing of those movies that I didn't like was like you hit that and you're in a great thing oh but that scene and it's like oh that's the guest artist scene to me it seems similar. not that they're bad be our guest is great yeah know, but... to me it feels similar to like a stage musical where mm-hmm. there's a big number right before the intermission my sister and yep. i were talking about this with les mis and uh one day more which is wicked big too and like they bring in all the the elements from the other song this big crescendo mm-hmm. and then then it's intermission right the movie yeah just goes on yeah. with the movie but you know mm-hmm. on in the actual play there would be an intermission there yeah you get him excited to come back to their seats right right, right. yeah w- wicked it's, does a, does a, something called defy gravity and uh, that musical is oh, yeah. great, but it does ex- yeah. it does specifically that kind of thing, and a lot of musicals do that to to get you excited through the intermission. You go out, and you talk about like, oh, this is amazing, and you have a little <laughs> bit of of like Twitter time when you're like, oh, this is great, and then you're excited for the second half, and hopefully you have a, a, a conclusion that has equally kind of you know thing. Uh, so anyway, uh, the Lion King did watching this again again felt like a very home thing like i'm coming home watching a thing not like star wars where i know everything and everything about the mythology because lion king is only the lion king there's no extra meta about it there's no mythology there's i mean there's some you know meta humor the animal puns and and all of that stuff but right yeah and it and it you know circle of life the movie ends just the same way it starts which which the they got song, their point across. The really same well, song right? with a big Disney style uh, key change modulation where the yep. the song's hitting this big crescendo and there's a new line and it's the circle of life. And, and you know, it, did you notice like it starts the way it, you just said it starts the way it, it ends the way it starts. Not only with just the song, but it, it also goes that big Lion King. Mm-hmm. Like it starts, it gives you that same thing at the beginning where you have the chills and the last thing in the movie is boom, Lion King. And you're like, yes, it's right? kind of similar to a thing that I didn't notice for a while until I saw, I don't remember which one, but one of those Star Wars movies where they show the logo right when the orchestra kicks right mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie. That's Star Wars is bum, better bum, yeah, yeah, um, right. I mean, when that happened in Phantom Menace, by the way, after thirty years, and you get a new one, the the crowd audience erupted, right. 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 Um, and they do it again at the end of the movie, which is a yes, right. I, I will say that that uh, for for this movie, we watched recently watched Toy Story, and we watched this one, which which are. I I loop Toy Story into this kind of era thing still kind of yeah. still too because it's just my age, um, but um, I feel Toy Story as something that is you know personal and happy to me of, as of me growing up, 
Um, but the Lion King getting able to watch this one even felt more so than when we rewatched Toy Story. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess I didn't realize how much Lion King was was a part of of me growing up. But I'm happy. I'm I'm happy that I got to watch this and kind of experience that good feelings here. Yeah. You know, 20 years later, still being have that. Hey, so let's move on to the to the actual new thing 2019 version okay let's uh, save we'll do we'll do final judgments after we've talked about both so yeah because i think they, they got to blend into we get the conversations the same we're right, gonna right? we're gonna shift gears here and we're gonna talk about the brand new 2019 uh let's call it photorealistic lion king yeah and, and i would say that like you know action. we usually give that like hey this is spoilers you can skip ahead but don't don't skip ahead because it's just the same darn thing we just said well, that's right, like, that's true. But if you if you are planning on going and seeing this in the theater, and I'll I'll sort of give my final judgment here at the beginning. If you're going to see this, I think you should see it in the theater. I think you're going to get and the best, and you've already seen it best experience out of it, and you should definitely. Yeah, I'm going to just assume that if you go see it in the theater, you've seen the first one, the original. Yeah, because if you've seen the first one, you've seen this one. Right. Um, which that's not a knock. That's just like, I'm not, there's nothing here that we're going to talk about that the, will spoil The it. story is the same. Yeah. The, and, okay. So launching into it, obviously the thing everyone in the world says, and I agree with, is this is almost word for word the movie of The Lion King. It was funny having just seen the original again, because if I, I think if I hadn't done that, I would have, I would not have noticed the differences. Um, but having just I starkly noticed the differences because I know word so for word. so did I like I I've seen the original a lot just like hmm. you have but we just watched it and so oh, yeah right when I mean they do the whole intro sequence with the sunrise and the and the mm-hmm. you know dedication of the baby cub like that's exactly the same like yeah. there might be some different animals I don't know because they're realistic looking animals. Um, that's exactly the same. And so when you see the mouse or the chipmunk start moving in the next sequence, when they introduce Scar, um, like there's so much more mouse running around. I think I, <laughs> there's I saw so this much more. You should have picked him up by now. Just my sister and I watched this and she was like, she's like, this is making me nervous. Wait, wait, Wh- which sister? Was it your youngest sister youngest or was sister. it Sarah? Okay. All right. Because Sarah's closer to your age, so she would have known that yeah, same kind my, of thing. My youngest sister is nineteen, so she right. You know, she was like, "Oh, it's making me nervous." <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that uh, the, the I will say just uh, kind of saying some differences that I enjoyed. There, there's very minimal differences, and our, and our comments that when there are differences, you definitely notice them, which is kind of a thing. John Favreau. Uh, uh, what did this by directed the way john this, favreau yeah. is the director of a lot of things he's a big actor that everybody knows is of other things happy hogan happy, from the, yeah. the marvel stuff um but he also directed the first iron man and which launched this whole world of stuff so give him major preps he's been in uh, huge shows and movies as an actor and as a director mm-hmm. so he he got to do this and i will tell you i think i can only guess that his conversation came like how do i launch a classic that's perfect and what he does is like i don't mess with it i don't f with it so to speak i just do what it does and we have a perfect movie um with you know saying hey uh, actors you're allowed to do stuff and i felt that every time the actors were delivering lines they felt the same way it's like man 
I don't mess with Pumbaa's lines. They're mm-hmm. perfect. You know, I don't mess with Simba's lines. They're perfect. So but before we get into too many detail spoilers, I will say in general, overall, if you're going to say what's different about this one than the original, first of all, obviously the animals all look real, mm-hmm. but in terms of the voice acting and the story, um, it's all of it less melodramatic. Um, because the, it's not animation? You think that's why? Well, that's part of it, but like the original Jeremy Irons version of Scar is very hammed up, right? In the in the Honest right. trailers, they call him Lion Jafar. And he's, he's <laughs> I, kind I get of that. like that. that. Like he does that whole song and he's doing it's part of it's the the art style with the lions and the manes. Like it's almost mm-hmm. a sassy mm-hmm. kind of a feel. Right. And you don't get any of that in this yeah. uh in this new version. With- the, this who was do you know the actor for this for this one? Because the scar, because um he gave the same lines, but I think he just his delivery is such a credit to him because he just was different. Some of the he, lines he, are different. Uh, I can't pronounce this guy's name, but he was the guy in Serenity who had the. Uh, oh yes, the uh, yes, C H uh, something. Yeah. Yes, she, that guy. She, like she right. would tell Ejiofor. I I, I, I did not on that, but right. I did not care for him by the way much in Firefly. I knew how much I love Serenity. Wasn't um, he the villain? Yes, he was. So right. I, I mean, pseudo ish villain. Sure, yeah, there's yeah, a lot. Yeah. Right. Anyway, um, the the idea is that. Uh, he is that is a perfect example of how acting can can be different between two actors delivering the same line. Uh, Some of the writing he was gave his slightly own personality. different, but but it yeah, was. I mean, just a just a vastly different um, version of the character. Uh, John Oliver's Zazu was vaguely the same. Like you got a lot of, at least to me, like I I felt a lot of John Oliver. He even makes yeah. a joke about it being the news when he's doing right. his, his morning report. Right. Um, but that's still in the character of Zazu. Yeah. So, and, and Zazu was Zazu. Mm-hmm. I will go that. I, and I will say Pumba was Pumba. Uh, credit to Seth Rogen. I didn't, um, I didn't notice Seth Rogen for a long time, like until he does oh, that's, the That's bit, a huge credit to say which that. Which in, in the original, it's when he's, you know, they call me Mr. Pig. He does mm-hmm. a thing about calling me chubby, stand up to a bully, uh, kind of yep. bit, and then I was like, "Oh, that's Seth Rogen." I didn't, right? I didn't notice that before, right? I, I, I mean, I knew it right off, but, but it never. I mean, I knew it right off, but so much in this one bothered me with voices because I knew the people. He, he, he should have, and he did not. He should, well, he yeah. should have bothered me, and he did not and at all. He, just he was to- great. Just to complete my thought of of things being less melodramatic, the all of the animals looking real helped that. Like the actors are not as hammy. Um, uh, what's the guy's name? Billy Eichner's version of mm-hmm. Timon is not this like Brooklyn Jewish mom kind of thing that Nathan Lane did. Which obviously Nathan Lane's version is hilarious and a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is Timon. But it's another, it's another character voice style that doesn't belong in Africa. So uh, I, yeah, it's, I will, it's I will say that that 
I will say that Billy Eisner's rendition is an alternate Timon. I still say that that the original Timon is Timon. Sure. I mean, I I think that uh, some of these characters can say, "Oh, you're just doing the same character, and they're the same character, but your voice sounds different." With him, he did just an alternate character, which was fine because I thought he was funny in many times in I his mean, own way. A, a lot of this stuff is better. the The Simba character is not as cocky. Mm-hmm. as as young simba in the original um yeah so although i wasn't a fan of donald glover just because i liked donald glover so much and i just kept seeing you know yeah so so lando to, and to segue to segue into the the negative aspects of this the yeah. donald glover is great but his voicing of adult simba just completely broke my immersion like i just yeah, kept hearing really did. donald glover troy for, for me he's troy um from it, community in a way that when we watched the original i never heard um matthew broderick i never heard ferris bueller yeah come out of adult simba like he was just adult simba yeah um, yeah and i agree and i and i think real quick i, I don't i want to throw this into the positive category here um, is that um, the 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 photorealism? I am really happy that we have gotten past the Uncanny Valley. I mean, I mean, the Uncanny Valley. For those who don't know what it is, is this area where computer graphics get so close to realistic that you actually see the differences, and it becomes completely fake and throws you out of everything because it feels so fake because it's so close. And this was so perfect that besides the voice, besides the mouths, obviously the, the mouth speaking is weird. I'm trying to but, think of what a, what a really good example of that is, but oh, I think I always think final fantasy spirits within they always, that was always like supposed to, supposed to be so close. But I then as soon as you I watch it, you're like, this that is that movie not well real. enough to, to use that as an example, but that's probably a good example. Like they tried yeah. to you have hair and, hair and pores and everything. And then all of a sudden you're like, this is so fake because it looks so close. And, and that kind of a movie was a really good example that, that a lot of people use for the idea that, um, you got too close to the sun and you burned yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't go close to the sun. Lion King was like, no, we got this. And it is, it's, and they're not using people and their mouths were weird, but Man, it, I could not have told you that wasn't shot in Africa so with lines. So I, I watched the live action um, Jungle Book and was put off yes. by it. I think yeah, I've, that, I that, think I've said this on the air. Kind of the, mm-hmm. You know, the same things that like in fully cartoon animation can look cute and endearing, look dangerous and unsettling if, the, if you have a child, a young boy, interacting with wild animals. Like a panther or a scary or a bear, bear, a freaking giant bear, um, and they did uh, like mocap work with the voice actors to make those animals' faces move. And I do, like I saw this in the drive-in, so the picture was dark and it was kind of difficult to see. But I don't think that bear making Bill Murray facial expressions helped i think it made it worse <laughs> it made it worse again so, that, that you were you were sitting in that uncanny valley of like this is right. not right and so yeah. hearing that judgment accusation of this movie and then seeing it it never really bothered me i was like okay these are all you know 
yeah, it's a lion. So a lion's mouth moves like this when he talks. That, of course, but to to just sort of, uh, you know, repeat what you were saying before. There were several moments in this movie where I, I was like, wow, this, this all looks real. I mean, yeah, so my, real. my girlfriend was like, you didn't, you mean they didn't, fo- they didn't like film this on location? Like, no, that is a computer. And she was blown away. And I wonder if, and it could, it could all be rendered. It looked to me like maybe they rendered animals on an actual, like in a real location. I don't know. I need to go look that up because everything was amazing. That to me feels like, like you don't need to render the trees and the stones and the river. Like you, you need to render the animals because you have to make them act in ways that animals don't act. They have to talk and move their mouths. Yes, but, but many times when you see that kind of stuff, you notice the small, minute differences in anything. You're just Your mind and brain know the lighting subtleties that they could never quite see or the how, hair movements in the wind of something happening. How did you like the, the, the journey of the tuft of hair? That was different. That was a significant difference because... In the, it, in the cartoon, I think it went on too long. Like he slumps down and like this dust flies and it basically yep. just cuts to uh Rafiki in the tree. Yep. Like finding it. And this they give you a like yeah, this is how dust and took, seeds and stuff forever, moves right? across <laughs> the savannah. Like it it ran a little long, but it, it was fine. It was fine. I, I, I'm not knocking. I don't mean it, to knock it. It made I, it, I just, I, like, and I agree. I felt like okay, now it's and the, there's a dung beetle. That's gross. Okay, cool. And then <laughs> the dung beetle. I'm glad you, so, so here's the but thing. But like, about it gets that, to the tree. I watched. It gets to Rafiki's tree, and you're like, oh, that's kind of sad. And like the music's building up as it's going. Right. I'm like, well, yeah, well, that, the reason that, that it, it bothers me is because I know what it was before, and I felt what it was before. And it, I, I'm I'm going to take a, a little girl, uh, my girlfriend's daughter. I'm going to take her when she gets back in, and we're going to watch this. And she's never seen The Lion King. And I'm not sure if Sydney's actually watched all The Lion King. Hmm. And I want to take them to watch it. And, I, and stuff like that, they would not notice. They would be just like, oh, that's a neat thing when the tough right. went through. And when me, I feel it's like it's taking forever. That's only I, because I noticed a... I, noticed I watched the original thing. with most of my family. And mm-hmm. when that happens, like he slumps down the dust boat and the monkey. Well, somebody, one of my sisters, I think was like, yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> Like it just magically <laughs> traverses the savanna to this guy, this monkey in a tree, and well, then they addressed her thing right with that, right? On, yeah, on there. They... right. I, and I will say that that Timon, I think that Timon was probably the the largest departure of all of them from them, and that does not mean anything because it was very small and minute. But Billy, is it? I what's it? Billy, the guy that did Timon. I'm seeing it, Eichner. I don't know if that's Eichner. the right way you he, pronounce it. He. He gave his own little bit of improv- improvisation or jokes here and there uh, that were notable because I know every damn line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, we're fine. They work. Yeah. They never crossed over. I was really it, nervous that he was going to cross over to the Parks and Rec character. It was just not as mel- melodramatic is the wrong word. It was not as hammy. It was not as overacted as Nathan Lane's. To sure. Me. It's, just, it's just different. I'll say... Since since we're talking about the Timoon character, uh, Timoon was the only time where the transition from animated cartoon characters to 
photorealistic animated characters bothered me. And I know that yeah. there are probably some people for whom the whole movie is about, they're like, Simba has no facial expressions. And I'm like, well, he's <laughs> right. a lion. lion on, lion's faces only make I so think that was a thing a lot of people had problems with, yeah. So much movement. But uh, the Timon character is, I think, like a meerkat or something. Yeah, Timon's a meerkat. And they do this kind of thing where they scurry along and then they pop up. I'm, I'm, he does do that a lot. I'm mimicking movies, that gesture in an audio format. He pops up and he looks and that's fine. But then like he would drop back down and like scratch himself or itch or twitch or move. And it was very unsettling to me. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's the movements he's making. Don't follow the words that he's saying. And it's and it, it's like he's just delivering all the lines while an animal is moving the way an animal moves. And I'm like, no, it's not. The, those right. two, those two things aren't lining up in a way that because because Timon is not Timon is nothing actually like what any animal like the 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 Hakuna Matata is not an animal kind of belief right, right? I mean right, that's right. not what they do um so hey they actually had what I consider the biggest and best change in the mo- two movies Are you they did talk the about Lion Sleeps Tonight. No, no, oh no, because I think that was really good. It was. Um, oh, okay. I didn't know. I no, didn't know you were the, going. Negative. The biggest like change that was different, and they totally changed. So, um, um, when they're uh, going into Pride Rock after Scar is taken over, and they're coming back, they needed a diversion, and that's when um, they oh. did, do the, the they do okay. the little jingle with. Um, uh, Timon and Pumbaa, and he's like, you know, would you like the the for for dinner? And then all of a sudden, in this one, they do the be our guest thing. Mm-hmm. I laughed out loud with yeah. it, and the whole theater I, was like, ah! I think a, so good. a good chunk of our theater did too, because of course, in the original, he does the line, "What do you want me to do? Dress and drag and do the hula?" Which is a perfect, a perfect example of that character being like hammy and and overdone in the original, at least, right? You know, now in, in retrospect, but yeah, he gets in, he starts, he's talking with this French accent and I'm like, wait, what are they doing right now? Oh, they're doing Beauty and the Beast. They did the, the but they don't actually, they're like, no. Uh, uh, and then so they run away. Good. I'm like, that, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. And in the animators animated him to look like a stuffed pig with the apple and it. Like, oh, that is so good. I right. present your dinner. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, that was just—I laughed out loud. I also, um, I also liked how he does say "farted." Yes, like, yes. Every time I farted, wait, aren't you going to? Are me? you going to stop me? And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was that was good because because that ha- that was almost a call out to like we're saying word for word this show, um, and but but and you're clearly following along with one of the most well known things. But that we're he still says. gonna drop in some new jokes for you. Yeah, and you're gonna notice it because we're talking about it. So that right. was that almost made me think of when you hear something like that. Like they're very aware that they're mimicking almost line for line most of the movie, shot for shot. They're aware of it and they're okay with it. And every once in a while, they're going to point it out. Right. And they did that. They pointed out here that like, you know, this is something that, you know, we do. So, yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, um, I don't know if this is a movie that you need to run out and watch. I definitely think that uh, if you think, hey, we should watch The Lion King sometime, uh, get this one on Redbox or rent it on your Voodoo or whatever and watch this one instead. But I'm not sure if I know you started earlier with this, like you must watch it in the theater. But 
I don't know if you get anything more out of it than you did before. Yeah. I I think when when it started, when the when the music started, I was like mm-hmm. I feel like this should be louder. And maybe <laughs> it, maybe it was quieter because they knew like we went to a matinee yesterday and it, there were a lot yep. of families with kids, which is a less than ideal theater going experience, but um <laughs> I was like, man, I want to hear these you know African singers, whatever they're saying, I have no idea. But like, right. I want that to be loud. I want to, I want to hear the big crescendos and feel a little. You were ready for it, rumbling kind of thing. Because we just watched it. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, the the hype. Let me, let me see those those animals. And you do, and it's great. Uh, how, how did so? So you went and watched. You watched it originally with your your family. Did you just watch it with your sister or anyone else? The the animated one. Yeah, mom and dad and and. Both my sister, I think Andrew was, he had a wedding this past weekend. He was best man. So. And then who went with you to go watch the, the actual movie? Just my youngest movie. sister. Everybody else okay. was busy. So, but, so she watched both that. of them too. Did she? How did she feel? Did she also feel that it was the same or that she watched the same movie or was it enough for her? To, like this is a different, whole different movie. I think, I think she got mostly the same. I don't, I don't think she was as bothered by Timon as I was. We didn't, we didn't really talk about it too much we were talking about uh this area 51 nonsense all right, all right. well I, I will say that uh um just the fact that they had mufasa come back james Earl jones mm-hmm. and, and and do the same thing was set up the the thread for this one okay so transitioning out of that real quickly i know we're, we're going to come back but disney's done a lot of this live action movies their reboots they're not stopping they're doing uh what's the next one they're they're doing another one that's it's like this too um uh, but they're, they're oh Little Mermaid. They're going to do Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are. Um, Disney has been on, and I'm all for it, like rebooting with live action type stuff or photorealism, as it might be. Um, and most of them have been like stayed with the original movies. Beauty and the Beast had some scenes, but pretty much was pretty close to what it was. Lion King just went full on. This is the movie that we saw before. This is the movie yeah, scene. Very now. minor tone changes, otherwise identical. Same thing. But Maleficent is one movie that completely changed what you saw before, and it's it stands still of, of this series we saw of the live action for stuff. that. I never saw the original, the first one, so it, sequel, it's worth I watching guess. because it's not like the rest of these where they're just like retelling the story. It this looks one, like a more complicated story. Based, it on is. The relationship yeah. between Aurora and Maleficent in this trailer. Yeah, if you go watch the original Beauty and the Beast, it's a terrible movie. And Aurora used to be one of my favorite Disney princesses of all Sleeping Beauty. Yes, it is a terrible movie that is just terrible <laughs> in all things. Um, it's just bad. Uh, so when they made that one, it's weird that they would choose that one as an earlier on one to to, to launch this whole kind of stuff with. Um, but it it's pretty good because it it's not like these the rest of these they just made up a whole new story and changed all of the original movie and all the premises and all of the characters and here's now what Beauty and the Beast is really like as opposed to Lion King it's like nope Lion King is what Lion King is and that will never change and it's Disney hollowed ground right so well and it, it probably depends on it depends on the source material right like yeah. You know, if you've got something like Dumbo or Sleeping Beauty, where the story is a little bit, 
I'm going to use the word problematic that I hate using, but like mm-hmm. a story that doesn't really work in 2019. Um, you take those characters and you tell a different story. Like that's what creative mediums are for. And um, because of that, they, they're able to actually make like they're going to do a new Maleficent movie, which looks kind of interesting, especially since I liked the first one. If you didn't watch the first one, it may not be as, as interesting. But since the first one set up this whole different kind of world and different kind of characters, um, having a sequel is very much like I, w- I mean, I, I think the point of sequels and why we want them is because we're interested in the world and the characters that inhabit those worlds. And those are good sequels. And um, that's why MCU is completely based on. Um, But the Maleficent, you're able to tell a different Sleeping Beauty story. You're able to continue with the characters in the story. Lion King will never have a a real Lion King 2 movie. Like this live action type thing. You don't you don't think they'll remake those awful sequels? No, they were so. I mean, I don't think I even just, saw them. Well, the the thing is that they weren't. Were they even the same voice actors? Or probably not. They were those direct to video uh, people they, that they did. So, um, yeah, and that's back when Disney didn't do it. But anyway, the idea is that this live action craze or direction that Disney's have is. Um, I don't know. Uh, Maleficent just handled it way different than the rest of them did. And now we're into the Lion King. And I wonder if the Little Mermaid's going to follow the same Lion King kind of way. Is that it's just going to like rehash the same same movie. And I guess we'll have to yeah. find out. Yeah, but, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. They're, they're, I think the reviews in general are coming off as like, uh, you've already seen this movie. You don't need to watch it again. I don't know what the dollar sign value of that will be, but... Yeah, I mean, that's that's hard to tell. I mean, most people, you know, reviewers and otherwise will say that Incredibles 2 was not as good as the original, but it, but it made billions it of dollars. It still made Disney a lot of money, so uh, who knows? Right. Okay, so let's move back, move backwards here a little bit and talk about, like, our poster challenge being a bucket list. Type. Okay, so uh, Final Judgments. This one's a little weird because we did the two things. Um so, Lion King. Lion uh, King. Could you watch just one of these, and if so, which one? What do you mean by one of these? The original or this uh, photorealistic one? Oh, live action. That's I mean, I'm, that's a really good thing that you brought it up that way. Um, I think that if I oh, if I had to have Sydney watch one of them, I'd have her watch the new one. Like if she's never seen it before. Yeah. Because I think that she gets every single thing from the old one. Yes, the actors are different, but the most important actor of all of them is Mufasa's voice, and he's in this one. I mean, I'm giving props to Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane and all the people that, that played their their stuff, but uh, the the new actors did just a fine job, and I'm not sure that Sidney would know Donald Glover or any of the other ones. Yeah, and and you know they do funny bits. The lion sleeps tonight, and when they when they transition, they start they go a little meta. Timon and Pumbaa, they're like, "Here he's the whole time we've been singing this song." They're like, "What's he now? He's riffing on it." Can you get now? He that was that was good. (laughs) That was good. Yeah. So I I mean, I I, that's a weird thing to say, but they're so similar movies that I would say just yeah, Sid, you could you could watch this new one 
And you know what? If she actually watched the new one, I have a feeling that she would watch the old one and think it's old. Yeah. You're probably right. Right. right? That, that it is hamming up scenes that seem corny um, mm-hmm. when when they were funny and fine, but they didn't need to be corny. Uh, so what do you think? I mean, between the two, you get to... I think both of us agree this is classic. You called it off at the beginning, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like we always say, I saw this a lot when it was fresh, and so it's hard for me to be truly objective about it. But I I think you're right. If you're only going to watch one, which is a question that I pose that's a little bit ridiculous, but if you have somebody who's never seen the original, you're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you can watch the new one, and you're not, you know, it's not as cheesy. And I don't mean cheesy to be too derogatory, but just an accurate sort of label for some aspects of of the original. Hey, can I ask you a question? This may be going a little off, but I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. Star Wars, okay, one of the most memorable movies of, in history, movie history. Sure. I'm not going out on a limb by saying that. No. If they remade that movie... With different actors and modern stuff, but shot for shot, line by line, the same way. Could they do that without people losing their minds? That's hard. I mean, Star Wars now carries with it so much baggage. Um, I mean, I'm talking about A New Hope, episode four. Yeah, it's like they sort of did that with... Well, they did it a little bit with Return of the Jedi. They did it a lot with Force Awakens. But Force Awakens has all of this extra stuff with Han Mm -hmm. um, that sort of changes it up. Um, And just like Lion King, there are a lot of elements of the original New Hope that maybe don't age well. Um, exactly and and you know the, if the, they launched it today they wouldn't improve them but i'm sure they would be like that's a little bit racially sensitive or that's not so his haircut sure. needs to not be or 70s. not be so 70s the character of luke might be not as petulant not as whiny yeah but still petulant and whiny to a little bit but yeah i mean that's what i'm saying it's it's I could say right now that don't you ever touch things, but they they did to some people. Lion King is the movie of their childhood and they made it with full respect by not changing anything. I wonder if you could put a movie like star Wars out line by line, shot by shot in modern things and not have people lose their minds. I, I almost kind of say I'd love to see it. I mean, weird hate saying that, but yeah, I I think you're not wrong. It's, I mean, People forget that this is a thing Disney has always done, right? Okay. The the classic era of Disney animated films were classic. Um, I'm using the word classic too much. Just like I said <laughs> at the top of the show. They were like well-known, maybe not well-known. They were public domain fairy tales that they retold in a way that was palatable to an audience at the time. Like you might call a movie like, the animated Sleeping Beauty terrible by today's standards, but I know that in the original version of Cinderella, or at least the Grimm's Fairy Tales version, which you know a lot of these 
uh, fairy tales, folk stories had multiple points of origin, stuff like mm-hmm. uh, Peter Pan. Um, the Grimm's fairy tales version has the stepsisters, the wicked stepsisters, like cutting off their toes and bits yeah. of their heel to get the glass slipper to fit. Like it's this disturbing, gory uh, kind of tale that would have been fine to a, you know, 16, 1700s family who like just buried a newborn child last week, but in a modern <laughs> right, era right. where kids aren't confronted with death every day. Yeah. Um, right. You gotta, you gotta slow play some of that stuff. Um, right. And, and that's just what they're doing now. They're take they're like, okay, we told this kind of story about Royal lions in the nineties. Let's tell it this way. And it's the same story, but it's a little more, it's a little toned down a little bit and that's and that's and that's a thing that they've done and has made them a ton of money and is very successful commercially yeah i I, I would not i do not begrudge disney for making this movie just how they made it i mean i mean clearly hundreds of thousands of hours went into this animation it looks real yeah which is just good good, good props to those people who did that that's that should not be taken for granted what the job they did. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Lion King in general, I think we both agree is a must see at once in your life. You should watch this movie and it's great. Right. Yep. Yep. A- and I personally think it's a multiple viewing. I don't know. I mean, I think if there's so many movies, you and I know that there's more movies you can watch in a lifetime. Um, I think once is is satisfactory to get everything you need from this movie, um, yeah, but I it is so. enjoyable multiple times. But you really only kind of should need to watch it once. Yeah, yeah, I agree. For, right. So what? Okay. So that was Lion King. Quite a weekend we had with the <laughs> animated version, and it's neat to watch these kind of things that we get to see. You know, do this. Um, yeah, what yeah. What about game. next week? What we've got coming up soon is our is our great Gen Con extravaganza, which you and I know are both gearing up for big time. Uh, yep. But we got we got a week where we get to like calm ourselves and watch one more movie before the show. What are yeah, we watching? I, I made the first batch of burritos, and I still have to list all my stuff to sell. Whew, it's coming store, so close. So if you're making food, we're close. It's close. It's imminent. It's imminent. Um, okay. Uh, we'll have to figure out what the heck we're doing during Gen Con. But for this week, pre-Gen Con, uh, we are watching The Departed. Oh, I like that movie. I mean... That's that's Leo at his best with John, Jack Nicholson and uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Mark Wahlberg, uh, Alec Baldwin, so many people in this. Yeah, so um, this I, this is good to, for me to watch because this is one of those movies that go on my. Uh, you watch it once and then feel it in your soul and can't watch it again <laughs> because it feels it in your soul kind of movies. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm this is exciting uh, and nervous to watch this all again. Irish mobsters, eyes. some double cross double agent both sides kind of stuff yeah yeah I'm, if by the way this is one of those movies if you're a listener and you're like oh, i kind of sometimes follow along and maybe i'll watch a thing like watch this one if you've not seen this one yeah watch this one so that you can talk listen to us talk about it and you think about it at the same time because it's an interesting movie yeah All i'm right. excited um okay we don't Whew. really have time now to get into comic-con stuff i don't think well, Except, I, I will, you're right. You're right. We don't. But it's, it is worth saying that uh, Marvel had a lot of stuff 
Uh, there's more Comic-Con we should talk about maybe next week, but especially comics. I've heard that you're actually doing some comic stuff lately. Comics, yeah. I forgot I forgot about the comics thing. Yeah. So, so, uh, so maybe next buddies... week we can go into more of it. But this week I will say that it is a big, huge thing that Marvel finally stepped forward with their future stuff. What's right? the What's the next movie? April of 2020? Yeah, something like that. Ne- ne- next um, year or something. Is it uh is it the Black Widow movie? I just looked at it and now it's gone out of my brain. Oh, um their first one is the Black Widow movie, yes. And then after that's the It's weird the how when when they did this announcement for the San Diego Comic-Con Marvel Studios, which they use as a place to launch a lot of their big announcements, super right. cool cuz that's such a fan-driven, you know, kind of convention. Um that they mixed in their Disney Plus stuff with their movie stuff. Sure. That, I don't know how I felt about that. Like, I kind well, of it's, it's Marvel yeah. Studios. Like, if Marvel Studios is making TV shows, it's... But didn't know. Marvel Studios make Netflix shows? Is that not Marvel Studios? I don't, I don't know who made those Marvel Netflix shows. So... Marvel stuff, cool. They they did show at the end a whole timeline of movies when they're going to be released, and they just said to be announced, to be announced, to be announced. Sure. So it's it's like they were like, here's ten movies that we know what we're doing, but you don't, you know, <laughs> right, right. Which is cool that a, that a movie company can sit there and say we have a plan from the beginning for all this. Well, stuff is, you know, all this stuff takes a long time to make. I watched the. Well, I read the summary of the Star Trek stuff. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're going to do like six short treks this time, yeah, right? And they they interviewed um, uh, Ethan Hawk. No, Ethan, Ethan Hawk, I think, is yeah. no, the no, the new Ethan. Spock yeah. and uh, Rebecca Romain, mm-hmm. uh Number one, I saw that. And they're they're talking about they got the call that they were going to do these things, and it was like February or something yeah. of this year. It was like well before the season even started because of course they did all the filming and then had yeah. to do all the visual effects. There's a lot of visual effects in the Takes last couple time. episodes yeah. of discovery season two. And it was funny to think about the, um, the lead time on something like very high production TV and film where like for the actors, they're done doing something like six months or more before it comes out and people see it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when we get, re- we get responses like this overwhelming acceptance of Pike and uh, number one and the original enterprise, they, there's no, we're all like, yeah, well, no brainer, make a show like that. Seriously, <laughs> people, this takes years. Yeah. They're planning. They've already got things in but the it was, pipe that are coming out. It was out. cool to read about their reaction. Both of those two, uh, um, actors, I agree. um, had had very positive they're like man this is like it's so surreal it's like a dream to be part of star trek and it's it's always cool to hear like actors you know it's a creative art so there's there's some degree of like it's not just a job but for a lot of actors for a lot of parts it is it is a job it is paying the bills it is a paycheck um but it's always gratifying to hear that somebody doing you know being involved in a in a property in a franchise that you like also likes that thing 
Yeah, I mean, when when you get the um, Obi Wan Kenobi's and the the Princess Leia's, the actors actresses where we're like, uh, it's a thing, and you don't mm-hmm. like it. I mean, you can respect them forty years later and when they've come around, but it's it doesn't make the movie better or doesn't make it. But when you watch Tom Hiddleston say this is it's his lifelong pleasure to be able to be a part of the Marvel world. It makes you like love watching him on stage and love watching the show. And this is the same thing, like knowing it makes me feel even better about Spock because this character loves this. I mean, this actor loves this character. Right. Right. And so I don't know their little tease when they came out in San Diego Comic-Con and talking about, you want more of Enterprise? Oh, man. that It's got to be the worst tease in the world if they don't do anything with that. <laughs> right? Like, they just, like, used our emotions against us. But um, who who would not want to see, you know, Captain Pike back at the helm again? Or was it Ansem Mount? Ansem Mount was great. It was great. Yeah. All right, man. We're running long on time. Maybe next week we'll talk about comics. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. I re- I reinstalled and have been playing a little bit of Final Fantasy fourteen. So mm-hmm. we can talk about that. Cool. Um I'll give you uh I don't know. I was gonna say a number of words. I don't know how many words this is. It was trivially easy for me to connect my PlayStation 4 controller to my PC. Oh shoot. That's that's and, really good news. Okay. And the touchpad controls the mouse. That game Final Fantasy is cross-platform to some, like, you have to buy multiple copies, just like Overwatch, if you want to do both. But the PC version has full controller support, and it makes it feel very different from... And I remember that from when I played it before. I had forgotten. But I went and hooked it up and played it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a different... You pull the trigger and do the thing, and it's a a different experience. That is something we got to talk about next week. you got to tell me But I've only played a couple hours so far. I played it a lot like a year, year and a half ago. This is a, let's call it middle age. It's about as old as Guild Wars 2. I don't remember which came out when. And it was another one of those that had a rough start and then Square Enix went back and completely redid it. And it's it's very popular now. Right. Um, right. They're on like their fourth expansion. So. Um, right. Okay. So we'll we're going to talk, we'll talk can, about that if next If that can hold, sure. my, hold my attention enough to, maybe we'll have it with all this Gen Con prep. So. Our oh, first right. next week will be the week before Gen Con. And then hopefully the week after that, we'll have our live roundtable like we did last year. We might not get it up that close to uh, to recording. I know last year it took us a couple weeks, maybe a month or more before we got that settled. But I got some more better recording equipment this year and yeah i'm excited goes. for that we're I'm excited for that man we got lots of stuff guys come come back and and uh join us for at least like super so many cool things that are happening especially yep, we're we just hit our we, we hit our hundredth episode we've got so much more momentum moving forward with this stuff next week and then we got then gen con coming in and all right more i'm excited great nerdy pop culture right a hundred a hundred episodes is just, just the about, beginning to just yeah. chat about yeah i'm loving porch. it i'm excited all right, man. We we saved. Did we the... save lives here? We saved some yeah. lives today. One, we totally one or did. two, maybe some. Uh, some people damn, who, looking, who needed. I was it. looking for a lion pun in there, and I it didn't come to me. <laughs> right, people who needed it at the moment. We we brought them back, and they're together with us today. So, in the I'm glad we you, we saved those lives in the great line of indifference, as as Tamoon says. In the, <laughs> right, right. The circle of life. All right. 
You've been listening to Front Porch. This is episode 100. Woohoo! 100. Wow. Thanks, as always, to Fox and our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News, your weekly source of film previews, headlines, and glorious podcast form. I mm-hmm. always mess up that tag. They, they, yeah, they got it. If you like Star Trek role-playing or Star Trek role-playing, check out our other show, KlingonsAndDragons.com. It's not safe for work, but it's funny. It's good. It's fun. Star Trek Adventures role-playing podcast. If you have questions, comments, feedback on the show, you've got suggestions for our second set of 100 episodes, what mm-hmm. we should do after we finish the 2020 challenge, which will be sometime next year. Or, or other things that are happening in between then. We can, you know, and, and And you want that old school email experience, you can <laughs> do that. Frontporchpod at gmail.com is that address. Hit us yep. up. Over on our website, we got contact forms. We got the schedule for the 100 movies that as I said, is always slightly inaccurate. Uh, that's frontporchpodcast.com. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Castro, anywhere podcasts are found. If you find one of those we're not on, let me know. I'll fix it. Thanks, as always, for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>